to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, and Vinny Parisi. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen! That ball hit deep, way back, you can put it on the board, yes, Jimenez in the air, left field, he's your hero tonight, thanks Cubs, over the head of Jenks, Uribe charges close, out, and the White Sox have won the World Series, Alexei, yes, Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by 21. First pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Season 3 premiere of South Burbs Hitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined by my White Sox brothers-in-arms, Vinny Parisi and Steven Zim Zimmerman. Gentlemen, I think we all know what time it is. I think we could probably all say it. Uh, I think it's, it's burger time. Uh, we have a very special group of guests tonight, very special and near and dear to the show's heart. So join us in welcoming... Jake and Ashlyn Berger, the Berger family. What's going on, guys? How's it going? Hey, it's going great, guys. Congratulations. Uh, uh, you know, it's been a wild off season for you. As some people, some of our <laughs> listeners don't know, uh, the last time you were on our show, you guys were married at sunrise the following morning. Yes. How hard was it not to keep that tight-lipped and Tell us about that beautiful morning because the photos were absolutely stunning. It was really hard for me not to say anything. We just wanted to have like a really special like wedding, like just our marriage was just for the two of us. And so like yeah. we just wanted to make sure that we kind of like were able to have that moment for just us. And we'll have like the big celebration, a big party, big wedding down the road but we just wanted to like make that commitment to ourselves by ourselves at the beach yeah no that's that, that's that's so awesome that was so cool and we saw it the next morning we we're like holy cow they were just on with us <laughs> um, uh, so, so so bonus question do the south burbs hitmen hold a very special place in the burgers hearts oh yeah i mean you, you were the last people we talked to before it so i mean come on uh, wild. <laughs> that's See now, no, I could die happy now. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No secrets tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But uh, you know, as we said at the top of the show, it's a heck of an off season. You guys have a beautiful new addition to your family. Brooks Berger was born earlier this year, and of course, Ashton was kind enough to send us some photos. Look how adorable <laughs> that little guy is, stealing the hearts of all the girls out there already uh look at look at the beautiful family there that's awesome um, so tell me guys how, how has the transition to parenthood been 
and I know you got to have some funny newborn stories. <laughs> it's actually it's, been surprisingly easier than we anticipated. Um, we the sleep deprivation once that kind of goes away, and you can like you know think clearly, and you're like, oh, okay, it wasn't that bad. Um, but it actually hasn't been that bad. He is the easiest going baby. He is Jake as a baby. Um, so he's just like <laughs> super calm and chill and goes with the flow. He like likes to go out to dinner with us, likes to go to Target with me. He just like is along for the ride, really. It'll be, um, he loves loud sounds. So we're getting him prepared for all the fireworks at uh, the field this year. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it's, it's honestly, I mean, I know we're lucky because, uh, you know, I feel like you flip a coin and it's either you're going to have a colicky baby or a, a non-colicky baby. And uh, I yeah. feel like we got the good side of it this first go around. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, obviously the sleep deprivation. I mean, those first two weeks are like, what are we doing? Like, this is, this is yeah. insane. Like every two, three hours, like we're waking up at 1 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m. And you're like, I, like, I'm not even getting sleep. Um, but now, since then, I mean, he's been good. You know, he's sleeping like six-hour stretches. So I'll wake up for a feeding or she'll wake up. And so we kind of let, let each other, um, based on go. our needs, uh, get, go sleep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been interesting. I mean, it, it's life-changing for sure and, like, in a really good way. Yeah. There's yeah, nothing man, like it's... getting peed on all the time. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, yeah, I, 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 I got a girl for my first one, so I, I'll have, I have to wait on that aspect, but oh, um, yeah. soon, soon enough. <laughs> the, the fluids on you don't stop anytime soon. Mine's not almost two, and uh, I, I got it projectile vomited on all over on Saturday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it happens. Just real quick before we. Keep going. I do want to mention to those out there watching right now, we have a couple of Jake Berger cards that we're going to give away to a couple of viewers on the show. These two top ones uh, are going to somebody watching. Uh, these three are just for me to show off because that's that's my personal point. <laughs> these top two here are going to be given away to somebody watching the show. So just make sure that you're hanging out. Um, active, active in the chat. If you have any questions for Jake and Ashlyn, feel free to throw them out there and it, hopefully we'll have time to get to them. Um, yes. Back to fun parent stuff now. <laughs> um, I'm always curious uh, because every once in a while there's a dad that really steps up, but who changes more diapers? Because it's almost always mom, but. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. I, I mean, I had the first one too, and um, for the parents out there, you know that first one's uh, the black tar. Real interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, I got that one. Yeah, <laughs> Ashlyn, uh, you know, after after giving birth, like had to go to the bathroom. You know, I mean, come on. So I'm <laughs> anyway. I'm sitting out there. I'm like, oh my god, like this is a blowout. Like I need to, I need to do this, and I, I open the diaper, and it's like stuck everywhere, and then. I look down, it's stuck all over my arms and hands. And I'm like, this is, I hope they're not all like this. This is terrible. Um, yeah. That was also the first diaper she just ever changed. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was already, I was already down bad um, in, in that sense. And then uh, I had to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we share it equally. Um, I think you changed way more. 
Well, Brooks really likes getting his diaper changed, and he'll like start talking and smiling, so it gives you more of a uh, initiative to go do it. Um, nice. So I, it, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I definitely get it. It sounds like uh, our boys are kind of similar in that way. So I I can totally relate on that. Um, uh, another question that I had about it, you know, getting into you guys as the parents, like what's something you expected to need more than you do and something that like you don't need at all that everybody was like, you're going to need this when you have a kid. And it sounds like you had a pretty easy baby. So you probably have quite a few of those things around, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Things that you absolutely must, absolutely must have a swaddle that swallows itself. <laughs> Yeah, yes, the, yes. the blanket okay. thing, the blanket thing's not a thing. Like, oh, yeah. it's hard. I couldn't do it either. They do it at the hospital, and it's like, what? They make I just it look easy. Like a magician. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying this at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> this is not feasible, guys. I would just be like, hey, can you wake up and like just swaddle him? And then Jake was losing sleep, so we're like, we've we've got to figure this out. <laughs> so we got like the uh, the Ollie, like the Velcro, Velcro, and it's like, yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. Um, things we don't need, don't need pacifiers. Our child refuses a pacifier ninety percent of the time. So people like get every, one of every type of pacifier. Brooks will not take a pacifier unless he wants. Yeah. And you, you like give him a passy like when he's going to sleep and he'll like spit it out like across to his crib. Like it's, he, he does not like him. No. <laughs> oh man. Well, who knows? Maybe that'll change, but at least yeah. for now. Yeah. <laughs> for now, you, you have no idea how lucky you are. Don't, keeping track of those <laughs> things is a nightmare. <laughs> We've lost a dozen in a day before so oh, i can only imagine <laughs> um last thing and i'll let somebody else ask some questions but um what uh what challenges are you guys expecting like as the season you know is approaching now you know you're getting ready for spring training you're getting ready to start traveling and things of that nature like what challenges are you expecting particularly not just as new parents but i mean as travelers um you know do you do you have a good I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to put it, but um, yeah. I'll I'll just leave it there. I'm I'm gonna stop digging yeah. my hole deeper. I'm just gonna say, what challenges are you guys expecting to face? You know, especially with having to travel a lot in the first year. Well, she's she's gonna have to be a trooper. So her, uh, I'll, I'll give her the the first go here. Um, I think the hardest thing is going to be being away from dad when we need to stay home and like just traveling that full amount of time is just not really feasible with a new, like a new baby um, for anybody, unless you have the means to have a private plane, which, you know, we don't. So um, <laughs> I think just being away from dad is going to be the hardest, the hurt, the hardest hurdle to overcome. Like everything else is just basically like, what you're going to lose a lot of sleep. He's going to go through so many changes. So he's going to have teeth and all that stuff. So yeah. regardless of if we were home or if we we're in a hotel, we're going to lose sleep. So that's something that like, I'm okay with. I think it's just the hardest part is when we're not with dad and then mm -hmm. making sure that when we are with dad, dad is well rested enough to get up and go do what he needs to go do the next morning. So I think those are the things I'm the most worried about. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I'll echo that. Like when, when I go out to spring training here in 11 or yeah. nine days, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be the first time I'm away from from both of them, and so um, they'll be coming out like two weeks later. But those two weeks are going to be tough. Um, 
you know, I, I just, like, even when I go work out and hit right now, you know, you're always constantly thinking about both of them and making sure they're, they're safe and whatnot. And, um, so that'll definitely be a, a change. And, um, I, I talked to Matt Foster, uh, last year and he was talking about how when you're away, you, you can't sleep. Like, you, you know, like you, you're really like always hyper-focused on them. So it's really hard to sleep and you got to find um, a good bedtime routine for that. And, um, you know, making sure you're, you're FaceTiming them and whatnot to, to get your fix before you go to sleep. Yeah, for sure. When you start combining family and baseball and all those sorts of things, it turns into like wonderful memories and stuff in the past, you know, before uh, Brooks came along, was there a major league or minor league stadium you were playing at? You're like, I need my family, Ashley and your family to come see this place and watch me play at this venue. And, you know, if that place hasn't come up yet, is there somewhere you're looking forward to getting the family in, maybe bringing Brooks for the first time? I'm talking like a road stadium, obviously. Uh, I mean, I think Fenway, just the history behind Fenway, um, they got to come this this past year and, um, you know, got to go inside the wall. Like, it was just, you know, really yeah. cool. And, I, like, you know, I want Brooks to be able to experience that and take a picture next to the Green Monster. Um, from a standpoint of just, like, a really cool stadium um, and growing up, like, the Giants, you know, I watched the Cardinals and Giants kind of battle it out for, you know, six, seven years there where, like, Felt like one of them was winning World Series every other year, right? Um, and we went out there this year, and that, that was just a beautiful stadium. So um, those are the the two big league, and then I think Durham uh, and the minor leagues is uh, definitely a must see. Just from Bull Durham, and you know they have the Bull up there in, in left field. So you know once once Brooks is able to watch Bull Durham, then uh, I'll be like, hey, this is the picture you took on this uh, on on the field. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really awesome. cool. I'm excited for you guys, and I hope you guys get to make so many memories over multiple different stadiums throughout your career. Um, obviously, the Chicago White Sox going through a little bit of a transition here since the end of last season, to put it lightly. Uh, they hired a new MLB manager. Pedro Grafal is going to be making his debut as manager with the Chicago White Sox in a just under, what is it, a month and a half now? Something like that. Spring training is going to get underway in a couple of days. Pitchers and catchers report. Have you talked to Pedro Grafal often? I'm sure he reached out to every player. But, like, what is what is it like between a player like yourself and a new manager getting hired in? I mean, obviously, people are going to talk about, like, hey, what's he saying to, you know, Tim Anderson or the guys who have been leaders on this team for a really long time? You are someone who's, like, coming in and fresh. Like, how is the relationship there with a guy who, you know, he's kind of a manager version of yourself trying to make it, you know, and be a big-time person in this game? Yeah, it's, it's honestly been – most incredible communication um you know from him and from the entire coaching staff um for me having chris johnson on the staff definitely helps uh because we've obviously been able to build rapport over the last two years um but yeah i mean literally like everybody on the coaching staff has reached out and um you know just kind of chatting um getting to know my routines and um you know my wants and needs once i get to spring or spring training and um you know go from there. And, um, it, it really has been incredible and I've felt very comfortable being able to, uh, to send videos and, um, you know, Hey, what do you think on, on this? I'm working on this with my swing or defensively. And, um, it's been an awesome line of communication. Absolutely. I love to hear that. Um, 
Mike LaPapa in the chat wants to know, has anyone in the organization approached you, Jake, on a potential move to second base? Obviously, your bat is welcomed into the lineup, but you know we know certain positions are taken here and there, and second base has been a topic of conversation amongst this team for quite a while now. So I'm curious if anyone's ever done that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to say last season um, I was approached. You know, um, I actually started in AAA last year, right? Um, the first game I played third base. The second game on that Wednesday, I started at second base. Um, and then I was going to get called up. So they, they moved me away from there. Um, and then obviously I got some innings, um, you know, here and there when I, when I was up. But, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm open to whatever. Like I always say, I, you know, I sound like I just keep repeating myself over the last couple of years. But whatever they need me, I'll – I'll play, you know, I, I'm, I just want to win and I want to play as hard as I can. And um, wherever they, they see that fit, you know, that's, uh, that's what I'll do. No, that's awesome, Jake. And that's a great segue. I was going to ask next, you know, what are you working on most this spring and kind of what are your goals heading into 2023 for yourself? Yeah. You know, I, I never really set goals like uh, numerically on myself, you know, you just, once you, once you get wrapped up in that, it's like, oh, I'm going to try and hit 20 home runs. Like, no, that's that's unfeasible to uh, constantly think about that throughout the season. But, you know, for me, um, at the plate, uh, it's plate discipline. Um, and I kind of have this new kind of idea that I'm going to have going into spring training that I learned from Brandon Lau and, um, you know, how to kind of jumpstart your approach, um, you know, so your your best re- your, your best approach is ready once you get to season. Um so I'm excited for that. And then, um, you know, I've made a couple of minor mechanical changes, uh, you know, just to ensure that I'm not getting too long or getting too steep with my swing, which sometimes I, I occasionally do, um, especially under fatigue. Um, and then defensively, you know, um, it, I've been working on a lot of the uh, backhand coming in choppers that, um, you know, I had that stretch there. Where I was kind of struggling with the same play over and over again. Uh, so, you know, I've kind of ironed that out. And um, I, I'm actually using – I like the Valley sports gloves. They're like the small, um, like mm. seven inch gloves that, um, you know, help me stay down and stay through it. And so I've been using that every single day and um, working with Kevin Smith, who is with the athletics. And I mean, is one of the best defenders I've ever played with um, and, and worked out with. So uh, just kind of learning from him as well and uh, making sure I'm ironing out my, uh, my defensive side of things. Dude, that's awesome. That gets me excited. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, yeah. Wow. No, I love hearing about it. Like, I mean, pretty much same. I play third base for my softball team, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, hey, you'd be surprised how many people uh, during during 2020 reached out to me to ask to play on their uh, their softball teams throughout that year. So yeah, I'm, I'm know, not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you ever find yourself in the Denver suburbs on a Friday night? You let me know. <laughs> um, they do play every team now. Yeah, that's true. That's I wish, right. I, you'll be out here at some point this season. Um, I think it's I think it's early rather than late. I don't remember. I circled it and I forgot about it so fast because they announced the schedule so far ahead of time. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Track? Yeah. Um. Uh. All right. Let's move along. <laughs> um, I, sorry, I, I I get flustered in the in the face of. Uh, premiere shows it's the first show of the season it's the second it's, time i've gotten flustered during a premiere show so. just breathe buddy you're good just breathe <laughs> uh i'm having a good time man when you're laughing so much it's hard to remember to breathe you know? ashlyn can give you the breathing exercises you're That's good true yeah yeah 
I'm a master at that now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so throughout this off season, you know, we've had a lot of talk about like the prospects, especially like with the stuff that's been happening or lack thereof with the big league moves and everything. Like obviously they're gonna be counting on you and um, you know, there's names like Oscar Colas, Lennon Sosa, um, Colson Montgomery getting thrown around a lot. Like, who are some guys that have left an impression on you, like, as you've come up through the system? And who do you think that, like, I mean, g- give us a little tip. Who do you think we should be keeping our eyes on as a prospect, you know, at, you know, the rookies this year, the new guys, the the fresh blood? Yeah, I mean, Oscar Colas is uh... – Incredible. I, I hit behind him um, for a couple of games in Charlotte um, and just kind of what he what he can do at the plate and, and the power is just, it, it, you know, it, you don't see that uh, very often. And, and watching in a cage, you know, there's there's a select few guys that, that you play with that it just sounds different coming off the bat. He's definitely one of them. Um, and then obviously, like you said, Colson Montgomery, um, I work out with him down here in Nashville and um, he actually grew up a town over from my dad in Southern Indiana. So, nice. uh, you know, we got some, some roots going back there. Um, and I mean, he's just a well-rounded kid, um, but a really good ball player as well. Um, super athletic. I mean, I, I really do believe that the, the comps of Corey Seager are, uh, are accurate, you know, and um, you know, if he, if he keeps working hard, I, you know, the sky's the limit for, for the kid. So, um, you know, those, those are the two guys uh, positionally. And then, uh, Sean Burke is uh, another guy that I work out with down here. And um, I think he has an opportunity to, uh, you know, do whatever he, he wants to do in this game. If, if he uh, keeps his head on straight and keeps, keeps working hard, like he does every day. I mean, I go into the facility and I mean, he's, he's working harder than, than anybody in there. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, see, see those three guys and see what they can do. I love hearing that about Sean Burke. He's going to be a guest on our show on Thursday. So we're, we're going to get to talk to him for a little bit. Zim, you said you had a follow-up. I mean, it's sort of a follow-up just, just hearing you talk about these guys that like, you know, you get to play ball with all these guys and you get to go out there and do this like for a living. And now you've got this family, like either of you two ever just stop for a second and go, Holy shit, this is our life. Like, (laughs) It just seems surreal. I don't know. I think sometimes it's just really stressful. <laughs> That's totally fair, though. That's what I want to know. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, I, we do have a lot of conversations about us. We're so fortunate that we get to play together every day, and both of us get to do what we love. Like, that is something that we get to instill in our kids, and that's cool like what both of us experienced with our parents like growing up so that in that aspect 100 percent. but there's also just such a um like a different side of things that i don't think like a lot of people know you know when it comes to like the traveling or like being away from dad like he's not gonna come home every day at five or six o'clock there's gonna be like a long stretch of time where you know they're two and they're go they're going where's where's dad we saw that a lot this year with like all of his teammates like everyone has kids and so I think that side is hard, but we are so fortunate that we like we do get to take our family around the country and see different how different people experience life and like those types of things are incredible. But there's also like a downside to not having a normal <laughs> a, a normal home base or not having like you know we're only home for four months and then when he go when they go to school and so there's there's 
an upside and downside to everything, but we are really, really grateful that like our kids will see that we got to do what we love so Mm -hmm. much as a profession. And I think that's, what's like really important no matter what we, what we did. Yeah. I I think my perspective is obviously different with um, my story, you know, from, from the average, you know, like big leaguer, like I, I don't know. I soak it all in wherever I'm at, you know, because uh, I was sitting on the couch not thinking I was going to be able to play baseball again. Uh, and then here I am playing in Fenway Park or playing against the Cubs yeah. in the Crosstown Series or playing in Houston, um, which is, you know, really tough place to play at. Um, so I just try and soak it all in. It's it's definitely hard. I mean, like I said, it is stressful. And um, sometimes you get wrapped up in the life. But, you know, when uh, – it's hard not to step back and like you're going around from team plane to a team hotel in a really cool city. And then you're hopping on another plane. It's like, it, it seems really quick. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and be like, this is like, this is incredible. And this is what I've worked my entire life towards. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just fortunate and blessed to, to be able to be, be a part of this team and, and doing, doing what we're doing. Absolutely. It's an inspiring story, Jake. I think a lot of White Sox fans resonate with it. Um, you have a very South Side story. I'm sure you've been told that once or twice before. Um, we got some questions in the chat. Aldo wants to know how closely does Ashlyn read White Sox box scores and Jake's stats? Like, Jake, you went 0 for 4 today? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, <they're... laughs> I don't know how to read any of that stuff. The only thing I am paying attention to at all is were there fireworks? And did Jake set them off? <laughs> and then if it's not over 400 feet, then that's the only time. Yeah. Like, oh, that doesn't count as a home run. Yeah, I think, like, last year I had I had eight home runs. Seven of them were 400 feet plus. And my <laughs> last one was Martin Perez, and it went 399 feet. And she goes, oh, well, doesn't count. <laughs> that's arguably the best pitcher you probably – that's got to be up there for the best pitcher you hit one yeah, off of, too. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. I don't know how to – I didn't – this year, I learned that the second time, first two times we hit a foul ball was strike. So, like, I'm no, I don't pay any attention. I don't know how to read them. I'm usually I'm just figuring out like what the um, the squares are and like where everyone is. it's. I'm like very baseball for dummies, and I'm gonna try to keep it that way because I don't want to be like. Do you have the book? No, I just packed. Oh, so so my parents got Brooks a uh, baseball ABCs book. Um, you know, and (laughs) Ashlyn's reading it to, uh, to learn the game more. (laughs) I love it. Around the horn is A and she going, what? That's awesome. Next time you talk to Rick Hahn or Pedro Grafal, be like, Hey, Ashlyn needs some of these books from the White Sox store or something. Send them on, send them some of the good stuff. Come on. What are they doing? Um, I do not follow. I don't know how to read it. Um, but I think that that's I, – I enjoy watching the game and like, oh, okay, cool, he's at first base. Or, oh, he's out, I can go get food. So, like, that's really where I keep it. <laughs> that's outstanding. Oh, he struck out a slider in the dirt. I can go get some food. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jake, I guess you're lucky in that sense. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. we, got, we got a couple other questions in the chat I'm looking at. Uh, someone wants to know – Jake, oh, I saw your tweet. Uh, you're a little upset oh. about the spring training hats. Yeah, you're gonna be. What are we uh, doing? You're gonna be burning the back of your head again. Yeah, get some sunscreen, man. Uh, so you're pretty what pissed off doing? about that, eh? Yeah, 
I mean, what are we doing? I, they did send me like a full hat um, once the, the tweet went viral last year. So I'm hoping that's at my seat when I get there. Um, if it's not, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tough it out. And um, you know, if, if I have to send out another viral tweet, um, you know, and have uh, Lord Voldemort's uh, face, yeah. you know, photoshopped on the back of my head, I, I'll do it. If I turn on my TV for spring training and I see you with a different hat than every other player on the team, I am going to literally laugh out loud. I know that sounds crazy. Like, oh, how do you think that that's funny? Actually, that is freaking hilarious. It is funny. How you don't laugh at and Jake, speaking of Twitter, you've been running a little poll on doing your, your walk-up song. Have you decided on what your walk-up song is going to be and why is it the BK jingle? Yeah, I mean, it is so catchy. And uh, all the memes with the Whopper Whopper song um, – you know, are, are hilarious. I might, I might do it just like once a week. I think that was Ashlyn's idea. Um, but she wants me to do genie in a bottle, um, by Christina Aguilera. Right. Um, that'd be cool. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, that'd be a very big switch from the smashing pumpkins last year to, uh, you know, genie in a bottle this year, but I mean, we'll see. I, I typically take about the entire spring training, um, to, to kind of, iron out i'll start with like 50 songs and by three weeks into spring training off 10 and then you know kind of get down to uh like three towards the end and then uh, i'll end up choosing but yeah i mean the, the whopper whopper song is definitely uh at the top of the list right now yeah that's gold i mean those socks don't have like this long history of guys who i mean paul canerco joe didn't paul canerco have harvester of sorrow by Metallica, yes. like that yes, one was did. like super recognizable. Like everyone knew Paulie walked up to um, Metallica and Mancada's song that he wrote himself was always really fun. Yeah. But you know, nobody like Anthony Rizzo, he always had cool ones for the Cubs. Like nobody on the about, Sox uh, really. Gordon Beckham. Gordon, Gordon Beckham. Beckham. Yes, I do yeah. remember. And then when, remember Davidson, Matt Davidson, when he had that annoying Imagine Dragon song, every time he came to the plate, I was like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jake, Jake Jake's taking the right approach here. I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm excited to hear uh, the Whopper song. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, before Zim takes his next question, we do have one more chat question from PZ. Uh, how does Jake see the new coaching staff? Anyone in particular stand out to him? Yeah. Sorry, Brooks is crying. Um, that's so. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I mean, across across the board, the communication's been incredible. Um, you know, I, obviously, I can't get a bearing on um, you sure, know sure. Who, who stands out until I get to spring training. Um, for me, I mean, Chris Johnson obviously stands out. Um, you know, like I said, I built that rapport with him for two years. So, um, you know, I, he he did wonders down there for me and and all the guys down there. I mean, last year, I think we were top three in almost all offensive categories, um, in the international league. So, um, the, the approach he takes to, uh, both, you know, mechanically, but also, uh, philosophy when you're in the box is huge. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, with, with the guys at, at the big league level. And, um, you know, it seemed like all of us, like whenever we got sent down and called back up, like we all just immediately started raking. Um, and part of that, yeah. obviously you're going down to a low stress environment. Um, versus a high stress environment and, you know, you can kind of take a step back and relax, but um, Chris seemed to always get, get my swing back on track when, when I was with him. <clears throat> Quick follow-up on that, Jake, How, how's your hand feeling? 
Great. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a weird uh, one, two punch for me. I got yeah. hit in the, uh, the right hand against Detroit on the sinker. Um, and it, it kind of just like got worse and worse. And then um, got hit in the wrist against Syracuse on the MLB network game of all games, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of showing the new rules. So um, yes, yeah, it, it sucked. Um, obviously I don't, don't like missing time after I missed so much, but um, it feels good. And, yeah, I I played like three, three or four games uh, toward, at the end of the season. You know, kind of kind of finish out the year. So I'm feeling good and uh, definitely like what I've done with my swing this off season. Awesome, it's awesome. I hope we like what you've done with your swing too. When it comes uh, <laughs> when it comes time to show it off for all of us, <laughs> that means you're gonna uh, hear the uh, Burger King jingle a lot. Too. That's right. Whopper, that's right. Whopper, Jake Burger, Whopper. <laughs> Ashlyn's got you just, in the stands chicken whopper. You know that's gonna start so many conversations with Benetti and Stone if if you do it. Like oh, everybody's yeah. gonna get hungry watching Sox broadcast. <laughs> if Hawk was in the booth still, he'd be like, Yeah, I remember one time I was sitting next to Ted Williams and he was eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well <laughs> going off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to South Burbs Hip. <laughs> yeah, Another reminder, right. we're giving away some cards to two random people in chat. So just uh, keep talking, keep asking questions, and we got some. But I did want to kind of ask uh, you, Jake, about some of this. Um, you know, there's different ways that they do the signatures. We got the on cards. We got the eye blacks. We got the stickers. Like, what's that mm -hmm. process like? I've, I've really gotten into it over the last year, like collecting and stuff. And I never gave it any thought before. I was like, yeah, it's autographed, of course. But like, mm -hmm. what's it like? Do they ship you stuff? Or like, do you have to go off site? Or does it just like sit in your garage for a month and you go, oh, yeah, I got to do that? Or <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just depends on the mood I'm in. Um, okay. They, they typically ship it ship it uh, to our house in the off season. Um, obviously, the specialty cards and whatnot, they'll have a, uh, a, a rep there to kind of make sure you're signing your autograph, even though it's really hard to replicate people's autographs, but there are people that do it. You'd be surprised um, yeah, those, that the people who have their kids do their autographs for them. It happens. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they'll send like a box of like, uh, we have approximately 1200 that you need to sign. Um, and basically they give you a date and sometimes I'm very inspired to do it and I'll do it within a day or two of receiving the box. And sometimes I don't want to look at the box um until about two days before and you know that's that's how my schooling went too you know sometimes i do an assignment right away and sometimes i wait till uh 11 59 to turn it in so um that's kind of that's kind of how it goes and they'll, they'll kind of give you update like hey like you're a week out haven't sent it like can you send it um so that's tops and then panini's more like all right we're we'll have you come in um during spring training and you'll sign a bunch of cards um, and then like they'll send like 10,000 cards. Like, here you go, sign them. And that's like, that's a grind, but uh, yeah, I don't know which way I'd rather do. Like, cause it felt like top sends one every month. Um, so you feel like you're never getting away from it. So I don't know which one I'd rather, <laughs> rather do. Gotcha. Well, Jake, I, in the off season, uh, I got as a gift, I got a signed ball that, a family member of mine got off eBay of yours and I've hunched that it might be fake. Does this look real to you? Uh, I'm trying to get it in a light. Does that look like your handwriting? 
it does look like my handwriting. I probably like fast forwarded, like I probably just signed it super quick. It does awesome. look like my handwriting. The right, signature good. has definitely gotten better. Um, maybe I signed that a couple of years ago where my, my signature wasn't fully there, but um, well, it's, it's my handwriting. It's all good. It's all good. I was trying yeah. to compare it to Zim's and I'm looking at it. I'm like, if it comes up, I'm going to ask. So there it is. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. Jake, we got a couple more chat questions. First one's kind of all a right. hard-hitting one. Abreu's absence. Uh, that's obviously a huge blow to leadership-wise and production on the field-wise. He's one of the few players in the organization that has played every game he possibly can in the last three or four years. You know, doesn't really get injured, and when he does, he plays through it like a absolute alien, and everyone respects it and loves it. Who do you see mm-hmm. stepping up for the White Sox? Obviously, I know like Tim Anderson's an obvious answer, but is there anybody that sticks out that might be like a new front runner for a leadership role on this team? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, Tim Anderson's the, the obvious choice. Um, and then on the pitching side of things, you, you got Lance Lynn that um, obviously is the leader there. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, I mean, you look at Andrew Vaughn. Um, you know, he's he's <laughs> proven that he can be successful at the big league level and, and has done it for two years. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, and, you know, he's a good guy, but also a really good leader. Um, you know, he's, he's always made sure that the rookies know like what bus we're going to be on, you know, just kind of, kind of make sure everybody's, um, you know, staying in their lane, um, per se, but also, um, you know, just, just taking care of everybody. So, um, Andrew Vaughn's definitely, definitely that guy that can step up into that leadership role. And he's another guy that that plays through everything, you know, I, I think, all of us, um, you know, the, the rookies and the guys that got to see Jose Abreu, um, you know, as young players, we're, we see what what it took day in and day out for him to play every single day. And, um, you know, just how much care he had for all the guys in the clubhouse and how his work ethic and just everything, um, you know, and the intangibles as well. And so, you know, seeing that, I think that's that's huge for us to uh, – to, to learn from that and be able to replicate it as much, much as we can. Um, even though, you know, <laughs> Jose is, I mean, he, just an awesome dude and an awesome player. So it's, it's going to be really hard to replicate. Absolutely. I appreciate the answer, Jake. Thank you for, you know, the honesty there. Um, mm-hmm. Favorite uni on the South side, uh, Travis wants to know. There's a lot of good options. I don't know. I mean, I, I love the, the classic white pinstripe. Um, but I also really like the South side jerseys. Um, those were, those were the most comfortable to me. Um, I don't know why, but they were just like, just felt the best, um, while wearing, I really dislike the the Sundays, the 83s, but, uh, you know, that's not from, not from a look standpoint, but just like, I, I mean, I'm in a Chicago summer in July and these things are like, wool you know they're just like so <laughs> baggy and like feel so heavy and awkward in them um but yeah i mean the the classic white pinstripe and the uh the uh south side are probably my two favorite for sure and then another chat question from my dad michael he wants to know who's your super bowl pick you got kansas city or uh philly or really? do you absolutely not care um i i care if Kansas City wins um, in a negative way just because growing up in Missouri, uh, most of my friends are annoying Chiefs fans. So, um, you? you know, they won't let me let me hear the end of it. 
What am I? What fan are you? Yeah. I don't know if I can say that on here. Are you a oh. Packers fan? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I no. That That's funny. I didn't say anything. I didn't say it. Uh, That's fine. That's fine. You're a Packers fan, Jake. He he might uh, he might have a rough you might have a rough off season over yeah, there. We'll you see. hit eight home runs for the White Sox this year. Just get to your Super Bowl pick, you Packer fan. Yeah. So uh, I want the I want the Eagles to win, but just because of uh, personal reasons with uh, my uh, my friends and you know they just never let let us hear the end of it whenever they uh, are successful. That's cool. Oh, Jake, you got to embrace that though. Be the villain. You got to show up to guaranteed Ray Field at Packers. I totally, I said, I'm a Bears fan, but I would absolutely love being the villain. That's kind of a White Sox thing to be the villain. Like, you know, screw the Cubs. We like the White Sox. Like, you know, oh man, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So my excuse is like the Rams left St. Louis. Sure. Right. And I didn't know where to go. Um, Then I get hurt and I did a lot of my rehab up in green Bay and it was literally right across the street from Lambeau. Um, and just kind of fell in love with it. Got to a ton of Packers games and that just kind of, I, I just liked the small town feel of it. Um, so that's my excuse. I mean, obviously, you know, I asked for forgiveness from all the, uh, the bear stands out there, but, uh, I, I feel like that's a pretty solid excuse for, um, you know, a, a, for being a Packers fan. It's, you don't, it's the you best don't need one for- I've heard. You don't need forgiveness, Jake. It's 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 fine. I would do it's, it if my team left. I'd pick the team with the really good chance of winning every year. I mean, why would you pick I mean, a bunch of losers like the Bears? Well, <laughs> but but then it's like, why wouldn't I pick KC? And it's like, well, because all my Chiefs fans, all, all my friends are just unbearable. Hey. Uh, oh, I think all three of us would agree. If the White Sox yeah, ever got Jerry, if Jerry sold the team and they moved out of town, I wouldn't be caught dead cheering for the Cubs. I'd right? become, I would pick like the Dodgers or someone fun to root for that spends a lot of money in the offseason. I wouldn't pick the Cubs. That's right. Absolutely well, not. And you make a good point, you know, with the with the winning as well as the being nearby because like I, I, I live not far from the Rockies. Like they're kind of hard to root for these days. Like it was always like, well, if it's not the Sox, it's the Rockies. And now it's like, if it's, it's not the Sox, something. it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. video games and anime. If the Sox yeah. leave, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So, um, so last time you were on Jake, we talked a little gaming, you know, you had your, your setup going on and you were working on that. And uh, now, now you have a kid. So how's that change things? You still find time for, for games or, I mean, yeah, it, it's really has been a good balance. Um, you know, we put him down around seven or eight. Um, and until recently, I mean, he's at like six hours now, so he'll go from eight to two or eight to three, depending on the night. Um, so during that stretch, it's like, I'll probably spend five of those nights, uh, with Ash and we'll watch a show and, you know, hang out. And then two of the nights I'll, I'll get to play video games with, some of my friends, you know, cause it's like the only socializing I can really do. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm not going to go out to Broadway and you yeah. know, bring back a, an illness to Brooks. So, For sure. um, you know, it's the, uh, and not that I would do that anyway. Broadway is just too much, but, no. um, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's good. I mean, Ashlyn probably likes when, um, I play video games so she can watch her own shows rather than, um, the, the action packed, you know, last of us or, whatever I want to watch. So, um, nice. but yeah, it's, it's been a good balance. 
No, I, I totally get that. I have a similar sort of unspoken agreement. So, um, yeah. what, what, uh, what have you been playing lately? A lot of Call um, of Duty or you play anything single player anymore? Or? I'm so out on Call of Duty. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, I've hated this new game. Um, so played a lot of FIFA pro clubs, um, with some of my nice. buddies where we all play a position. Um, and then I just downloaded, um, Civ six. Um, nice. And Great try choice. and get into that. Um, and I have a couple of buddies that are like kind of done with a lot of the games out there. So we're all going to kind of take it up together and learn it together. So I'm, I'm excited for that. You, uh, you, you kind of, you kind of struck a chord with me last time. Tell me you were Pokemon fan. You've been playing Scarlet oh, and yeah. Violet at all? or so, so I actually, we were in Florida and then I forgot my, uh, my switch down in Florida. So I haven't been uh, playing as much, but going into, uh, going into the season, I'll definitely uh, be playing a lot. For sure. No. And Ashlyn, mm-hmm. what are you watching on TV or, you know, doing in your free time when Jake is playing those annoying ass video games? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not catching up on sleep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Fair. Yeah, I, right. I'm, I'm like a big reader. It's like I just read a bunch of books. I'm cool. pretty boring. Emily in Paris? That was like I'm going to fall asleep and I don't even know what happened. White Lotus? That's so good. Yeah. White Lotus is great. Right now, White Lotus was I, awesome. I should love that show. Together, we're watching um, The Last of Us, which is so good. Phenomenal. Yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah. Did you play the game, Jake? Did you play the game? Yeah, Ashton? yeah. It's it's really funny because Ashton knows I played the game, so every single scene is like, "Was that in the video game? Was that in the video game?" <laughs> I did the same thing with my wife on and yesterday's episode, and, and and she's like, "Why is there a semi blocking the road?" I'm like, "It's a trap." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Is this another level? Yeah, is this another level in the game? <laughs> such an appreciation and respect for video games i just like so profoundly the art of video games is like just so fascinating to me so i like i don't i don't never really bothers me when jake plays them um i just don't know how to use the controller so i can't myself (laughs) but that show is phenomenal that's really good i've heard good things about it yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I played the game, and yeah, I'm the same way, Jake. It's uh, it's wild sitting there, kind of knowing what's going to happen. And as a parent now, Jake can answer this. It's good. The show's going to hit differently. The ending, you know. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to throw too much out there, but we're all going to like melt inside when it happens. It's just you know unbelievable. So I don't yeah, want to. She has no idea where started. it's going. So Jake won't tell me anything. That's probably you, better. You It'll would want to be know. Good. You would want to know, Ashlyn. Yeah, because then I don't. I'm not like sitting at the edge of my seat, all sad or like scared. <laughs> so just tell me what's gonna happen, and then I know it's gonna be okay. <laughs> oh, it's it. That would ruin it so much. You can't. You can't. It's gonna be awesome. I'll just leave it at that. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, ugh, but uh, I know you guys have been so generous, giving us so much of your time, and we really appreciate, it, especially as new parents. But before we let you go, we have to ask about this tweet that Ashlyn sent out earlier this year. The inflatable. <laughs> Christmas decorations that were apparently banned, but it's Grogu. So, Jake, is this going to be a thing moving forward, or is it a one-time deal? Um, no, he doesn't even get to speak on this. So, what happened? <laughs> was, 
I said, let's put Christmas lights up. And Jake goes, I'm not getting on a ladder. I said, okay, well then can we get inflatables? Which is totally valid. Like valid. You're not going to get hurt before this season. I appreciate it. But when he said no to the inflatables, I went to Target and bought every single baby Grogu that there was from like all the Targets that we live near. And the only, the m- most I could find were three. But I was planning on putting like 10 of them out in the front yard. Like every day, I just kept putting more Grogu's up just because Jake told me no Grogu's, no inflatables. No inflatables. But, you know, I came back and it was, I was okay with it, you know, being a Star Wars fan. Um, I, there was a point in time where I thought there were going to be like three on the roof and like up on the <laughs> right way and they're just going to be like out of control. Uh, glad it didn't get to that point. It probably will next year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for me, I got, Christmas lights are great. Like I have no problem with it. I just don't want to get up on the roof and like, I, and I don't want to pay somebody to do it. So it's like, you know, it doesn't, it's not feasible. Maybe we could get like stakes that we put in the ground, but um, there you go. Yeah. That's uh yeah. He's in for a treat next year as well. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, we're, I, and, and, and we're all in for a treat between you just talked about the last of us going into March. We're getting all Pedro Pascal. That and then it's the Mandalorian, and I know Jake's yeah, excited so, about that. I know. I mean, that guy—he's on a run, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, it's a, it's incredible. SNL. Yeah. 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 We have one more. We have one more chat question. You guys heard from my dad earlier in the show asking Jake a question. Now you're gonna hear from my mom asking the misses a question. Ashley, <laughs> what are your plans for the home games, and will you bring the baby? I know you kind of touched on bringing the baby a little bit earlier, but you know what's what's the plan for that? It's gotta be super exciting. Like we're gonna go see daddy um, play. That's awesome. I will definitely bring him to home games and away games. I think my like one of my goals is to take it like a photo with him in every stadium, like every year and something i think that i kept every ticket of every game i went to last year um and i think every every away series i took a picture with jake on field pregnant so i want to do that with him you know like hopefully all the kids um home games definitely i'm um i i really want brooks to just like he's an easygoing baby so i kind of want to be able to be like hey we're going to go to a night game today and our schedule is going to change and then the day games and stuff so Definitely. So if you see me, I'll have a little yeah. baby step to yeah. come say hi. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Ash and pro tip, if you go in left field at, at guaranteed rate, section 158, you can get a first game certificate. Oh, I'm totally going to do that. Thank you for the tip. We'll yeah, you're that. welcome. You have to go do that. And because, I mean, it's just – you. I can't wait to do it with my daughter, so I know That's you guys can't cool. wait to do it. Yeah. 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 Thank you. No, we're definitely going to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, it's by, it's, by, it's, it's by Rainbow Cone. Remember Rainbow Cone? Rainbow uh, Cone. Yeah. I don't know what way. left and right field is. I get <laughs> it's, uh, where the giant so kids like, thing is. You can go up the, the stairs. Yeah, and, like, where were where's the food? And then that's usually how I get myself around. That stage. Isn't the pitch thing over there too, Joe? The the fastest uh, pitch. It, it used to be. They, that's where we all more. go throw blow, throw out our arms because we think we're still in high school. That you know, for us non MLB players like yourself, hey. we go up there and we're like, you know what I'm gonna do right now? I'm gonna touch ninety. Go I'm touching ninety. Sixty-two. <laughs> so, I'll, so, I'll have you know, I hit a casual sixty-four. Solid twenty-seven, you know. <laughs> no, One but, of my buddies uh, that's a uh, that's a video game streamer. He like keeps trying to tell me he's like, dude, I can definitely touch seventy-five, and I'm like, there is 
no, no way. way in hell. And he he he's scared to go and do that because he knows that he's probably not going to get to seventy five. But you know, I could be proven wrong. What would you hit a third baseman? What's a third ba- a major league third baseman hitting? I think I was done that forever. I mean, probably upper eighties. Like I don't. I mean, probably yeah. upper eighties. I don't think I'm throwing a hundred across the diamond like some of these guys are now, but. Um, no, I'm impressed with upper yeah. 80s for a third yeah. baseman. Absolutely. Oh yeah, he's got that cannon from third, man. It's it's right. You got to oh, yeah. you got to get him out <laughs> quick. Those fast guys like Timmy and oh, all yeah. that stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, guys, is saying how like I can't believe Jake throws the ball that hard <laughs> and that fast. <laughs> hey man, I guess you got to take take the compliment, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah no but but guys we cannot thank you enough for giving us so much time especially as new parents uh thank you for being great friends of the show and uh ashlyn and jake we congratulate you on the baby the marriage everything it's just been a whirlwind for you guys and most of all congratulations and good luck heading into this season uh you guys are the best and we cannot thank you enough yeah, thank you, you so much. Anytime. Yeah. Thank oh, you yeah. guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Have have an awesome season, guys, and, and we'll see you at the ballpark. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Bye. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. And we will uh take a quick commercial break and we will be right back as soon as I pull up the commercial. And there it is. See you in a second. some video of Blake Freeland, uh, the BYU mammoth offensive tackle. Uh, we're going to be talking about him in a future show. But I wanted to show you this video and have you kind of break it down for me. What is going on here? We've got one of the coaches from uh, the All-Star team teaching him about hand use. Can, do you know exactly what he is telling him? And I, I, I kicked myself that I didn't go up to Blake and ask him, what did you learn there? Well, okay. He's the coach who's on the right is is really teaching him how the, the proper use of the of the punch, where mm-hmm. he should place it. But what the defensive lineman is also going to do, you know how he's slapping the hands down. Right. Yeah. So you, you got to have strength in your arms and you got to have power in that punch. You know, we're great in offensive lineman. That's one of the first things you look at is you know first of all how he comes up is he coming up like this from the from the inside is he hitting you want him hitting right in here not out here but you he's got to have some jolt he's got to have some power to that punch because and then what the coach is explaining to him is that one of the first things a defensive lineman is going to do is try to slap his hands out of the way and if you don't have strong arms that can happen easily And we are back with South Burbs Hitmen. Uh, we want to thank our guests. We cannot thank them enough. Jake and Ashlyn Berger for one, a fantastic interview and two, giving us so much time. They're new parents guys. And they gave us about 45 minutes, a little bit more. It's just unbelievable. I mean, how could you not root for this guy? Yeah. I mean, I tweeted about it this morning. It's just such an easy story to root for. I mean, there was it was looking like he wasn't going to play, right? Like it, 
it wouldn't have shocked me three years ago if Jake ended up playing in Japan or, you know, overseas because of the injury. And that happens to guys. Sometimes you get drafted really high and people are like, okay, this is Jake Berger. He's at Missouri State. He's one of the best hitters in the country. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a blown Achilles in this leg, a blown Achilles in this leg. COVID-19 takes away the 2020 season. He hasn't played pro baseball in three years, and all of a sudden, he's going to have a major league career. The fact that he's even, you know, touched the major leagues and is now, a, you know, I think right now we would call him like a quadruple A type player where he, you know, that he's going to spend time in both, I would assume. That's unbelievable. And, it, you know, that's why we all root for him. Like, we want him to stick around on this team and play for a long time. So, you know, I'm excited for his career. I, I root for him hard every day. And, you know, let's go, Jake. Yeah, I mean, you say what's not to root for. I mean, I remember when I first started getting, you know, deeper into uh, the White Sox in particular, not just baseball, but starting to understand, you know, who the prospects were, who the players to watch for were, who the new acquisitions were, you know, the um sorry the guys i watched you know jake was one of the first ones that i remember hearing about and, and particularly when he tore his achilles you know really early on in his career this this was the first time he had any injury setbacks and and trying to talk to people and being like man jake berger just tore his achilles and everybody's like who who's who's jake berger <laughs> so to be here now getting to have this conversation with him is just so cool. You know, a little speed bump there uh, with, uh, with his football choices. Um, nah, but, it's all but good. you know, like I say, it's a speed bump. It's not a deal breaker. He was like, just, scared to admit it. Like, he was scared. He, 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 Bears he fans are in his head. I don't understand why. Like you've had two top 10 quarterbacks in the history of the league for the last 30 years. Like I'd be bragging. I'd be like, you freaking losers. Yeah. You go three and 12 I mean, every year or whatever it is. I mean, you, you said it perfectly on air, Vinny. If, if, if I'm a, if I'm a, a, a Rams fan and the Rams move. Yeah. And you have to pick a team. How do you not pick the Packers? Yeah. You're not picking like a stinky team. That's you like know, saying I, like, like I oh, it, I've... if Jerry left or, you know, God forbid something happened to him and this team was sold and they moved out of town. I'm not rooting for the Chicago team left. Absolutely not. I, you know, I, I would pick a team that has a chance to win. Why would I, I mean, that's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I tell you what, watching these, these highlights is getting me really pumped up too. Like I, I want to see Jake on the field and I love that he's, you know, I didn't even think I'm being honest. I didn't even think about Jake as a second base option, but maybe that's a route that they're going to consider too. You know, that's, that's, I you know, mean, when I saw the question come up, I didn't know if he would address it because I knew that they had dabbled with it a little bit last year. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know how serious it was. And, you know, Jake has come up and always been a third baseman. I didn't know if he'd stick to his guns or if he's, um, you know, obviously he is the kind of guy that he is being uh, whatever helps the team win, you know? I mean, it's certainly a way for him to, to get in the lineup every day. That's for sure. Um, although who knows, he might DH every day for all we know. It's going to be an interesting off season. Do you and sacrifice... I I Sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to cut you off. You oh, finish. go for it. Do you, oh, I did. do you finish or do you give up Moncada's defense for Berger's bat? 
Because if you combine them into one, I mean, Berger had eight home runs in 51 games last year. That's like a 25, 30 home run pace. You know, yeah, and the mean, slash line was above 750, which like a, a, a below average players in the 600s, a good players in the 700s, an all stars in an 800s, and uh, MVPs in the 900s. Jake was in the 800s. Two years ago in 2021, it was only a 15 game small sample size, though. And then last year, he was in the high 700s. So he's like, his bat is borderline, like, good hitter. Mankata uh, was in the five. I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the minority of people, and maybe this is particularly my bias just because I like Jake as a person, but I, I, I'm fine with moving on from Mankata if he gets into a trade package or whatever, and then you keep Jake there. I know people are going to say his defense isn't there, but like, did it matter last year? It didn't. It didn't matter yeah, the last two score. years. They couldn't score runs. What does it matter? You're losing games anyway. And I know people are like, oh, that's the wrong way to look at the argument. But, like, I'd much rather take the guy that's going to – he could put it in the stands every every three times he goes to the plate, every four times. I mean, he and he hits, he's a double machine as well when he's healthy. So give me Jake Berger all day. And yeah. singles too. Yeah. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> no, I mean, Moncada has been on a steady decline ever since the shortened season. You know, it, it, we talked about it at great length last season. I'm sure we'll end up talking about it this season if he doesn't start to produce again. But Yoan Moncada has been steadily on a downhill slope ever since he caught coronavirus back in 2020 and missed ex an extended period of time because of it. Yeah, And whether that's, that's those two player. things are... And uh, whether those two things are correlated or not are it, it's entirely irrelevant. The fact of the matter is that's just when we started to see it slump. You know, he went from being the guy who was supposed to be the play, the next player to take that big step on the team to just being Mitch Trubisky <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it. Like number 10, right. And, that's true. and it's a shame. That's that's an eerie comparison, Zim. That's that's really creepy in my head now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I kind of drew the line myself a few weeks ago, and I was like, man, I got to make sure I wedge this in somewhere. But, you know, it, it, it sucks. It sucks because you want him to succeed so badly. He's done nothing on or off the field to, to make you dislike him. He's just not what you hoped he'd be. So why not take the shot on the next young guy who's – what Jake's what three years younger than him now? Yeah, um, I think he turns twenty-seven. Yeah, in April. Yeah. So you give him that chance, and I mean, as especially if you get off to a bad start to the season like they did last year. Yeah, especially if it's the end of April and you're just like, I don't know what to do. Do something. <laughs> yeah my my problem with Moncada, he looks like the part. Like he looks the part. Yeah, his swing is beautiful. He run his perfect stride when he runs like he's a textbook baseball player. Everything he does looks like it's right. And then he strikes out. Right. Like, you a know, disaster, he, a disaster. His career is literally a disaster persona. But I mean, 2021. He was OK. He, he had a he was a four win player in 2021. Like if he was that again this year, like that's not that's like still bad for his the status that he was the number one prospect in baseball but you know with expectations the way they are now if he came out and was a three-win player this year i'd be thrilled i'd be absolutely yeah. thrilled jake hit well last year 
and Yoan didn't. And Yoan was a one-win player. Jake had a negative war. Right. So it's like the defense is there. He's one of the best defensive third basemen in the league. And but and you're not going to become Nolan Arenado with sure. your defense if you can't hit at all. And he's never going to hit like Nolan Arenado. You know, top well, and, three MVP vote getter last year. But I mean, do something. I mean, if Jake's getting every day at bats, I mean, this guy's he's going to be raking. I mean, look what he did last year. I mean, injuries slowed him down. Freak injuries, mind you, that two hand injuries, which stinks. But this, and then he goes in the minors, and this kid's just raking. Just I, I, I want to see it all in the major league level. I, I want to see more of it. I want to see guys on base. I want to see a different manager handling him. You know, maybe Pedro falls in love with Jake, and Jake is just, you know, featured more in this lineup. I would love yeah. to see that. I mean, they're definitely going to change some things up this year. Like, there's there's no doubt about that. Between the new manager and the personnel decisions that were made, they, they've forced the hand, excuse me, of this new manager to make some more sideways thinking choices. You know, not addressing second base was bold. <laughs> would you say? Would you say that was a? What would you describe that uh, choice in the off season? Uh, it, it would. It would. It would. It would. It would. It Be quite the Adam Dud. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Lousy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Yeah, we don't have a lot of our segments from the regular show in this one, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the Adam Dud of the offseason because there's been, uh, let's let's face it, there's there's been more than a few, and I don't even know where to start, but Zim, we'll let you continue your thought where you were going there, uh, the non-addressing of second base. Yeah, they did nothing. Um, as far as outfield goes a lot of people have complained that they didn't do much there but they did more uh than i think a lot of people want to give them credit for just by getting andrew benintendi um it at least addressed something because you now have a for sure everyday outfielder there and you have a prospect that you're willing to count on in addition to if i recall correctly did they not bring billy hamilton back on a minor league deal they certainly did. So, I mean, he's a fan favorite for sure. And we all know when he gets hot, he gets hot. So um, you can ride with that. You can put Eloy more at a DH position and not worry about him getting hurt. So I'm fine with how they took care of outfield. But second base is just a glaring hole we all knew needed to be addressed. And it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Everything they tried last year didn't work, whether it was Romy Gonzalez, whether it was Lennon Sosa. Uh, Josh Harrison was okay for the most part, but he's in Philadelphia now. Um, yeah. What what do, you, what do you do other than take somebody like Jake and throw him at second base? And, and I mean, not to, not to discredit Jake's ability, but he's a third baseman. So you're kind of hoping for the best there. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Mankata. I think it'll be an interesting spring. I'm getting MLB TV because I not only because I want to watch spring, but now that there's no blackout games for me. So anyway, uh, back to Adam Dutt of the offseason. Vinny Parisi, what would be your Adam Dutt of the offseason? And there's been a few. Um, my biggest Adam Dud is by far 
the issue with Mike Clevenger. Yeah. I mean, you signed a guy who was stinky for the San Diego daddies last year, and he's coming back from Timothy John surgery. And, you know, we don't know what we're going to get from him, right? And then all of a sudden we find out he beats his wife. He's getting, uh, you know, domestic violence accusations against him, uh, child abuse allegations against him. There are pictures on the Internet of, you know, proof of violent acts against Mike Clevenger. And now we don't know what's going to happen with, you know, the rest of his season. And, you know, the White Sox have done nothing to address it. They haven't commented on it other than saying we're not commenting on it. And, you know, now we go into the season with four guys we know for sure are in the rotation. Is it going to be Davis Martin, the number five, if Clevenger isn't pitching? Is it going to be Clevenger? Are they going to roll out that guy to pitch in front of an already angry guaranteed rate field crowd? Is it Reynaldo Lopez? Is he going to close because our friend Liam Hendricks has, you know, dealing with some personal issues with his health? Um, is it going to be Garrett Crochet? I don't think that's a good idea because no. he's coming back from Tommy. Um, there was one other option I had in mind. Um, regardless, it doesn't matter. It's an issue. You saw what it was like with only four good starters last year, and then Johnny Cueto came into the mix. Uh, all of a sudden, Giolito couldn't be as reliable as we know him to be. I think that's going to change this year personally. But, I mean, that's my dud of the offseason is – the way they've addressed starting pitching. Carlos yeah, I, Rodon was named the third best pitcher in the league by MLB, and we didn't even give him a qualifying. Nah, he's just a flash in the pan. It's yeah, fine. No, I, that's my yeah. least favorite. I gotten so many people. People wanted me dead, my family. I, they wanted all of us to get cancer because of my opinion on freaking Carlos Rodon. I don't understand these people. You have flash in the pan. He was the third overall pick who was injured. What do you mean flash in the pan? All of a sudden he's healthy and he's, he's pitching well and everyone's like, whoa, is me. I'm like, are you kidding me? What a joke. He he's awesome. He's awesome when healthy. That's so you know? annoying. And, you know, my, my Adam Dud, it, it kind of plays off yours, Vinny, is, is the non-addressing of this and not in being zero, zero on the aggressive dial. Zero, absolutely zero. Michael Waka is still out there. He should be a member of the Chicago White Sox right now. I don't know why he's not. I don't know if they've they given him a call or anything. Uh, this is a guy who was the best available free agent before Zach Granke got signed, which... You know, he's going back to the Royals, no shocker to anybody. How, how are they not signing this guy yet? I feel like I've been talking about this for like a month. Sign sign him. I mean, he'd fit. They just traded for the minor league pitcher of the year, though. Like, yeah. come on. That's how they're going to address it, guys. We know this organization. That's how they addressed it. Uh, That's it. Or, that was the or, move. Or they're acquiring pieces for a trade, but you're probably right. They're not... <laughs> Acquiring pieces for a trade. I want, like, I want to have faith that they would ever do that. <laughs> they they have don't... four valuable trade assets in the minors, and I don't see them parting with any of them. What about a uh, Norhe Vera? You know, is that a legitimate that option there? That could be. He wasn't one of my four, but that actually could be. I mean, again, we're counting on unproven talent at a position of need. Uh, and hoping that that patches the boo-boo we left. But 
I mean, can we just throw not re-signing Johnny Cueto as an honorable mention to this whole thing? Because that would have yeah, solved this was, whole issue. That was a crap. They should have they should have given him an offer. I mean, he the was guy, the guy was great last year. He was unbelievable. And he was a leader in the clubhouse when they needed someone too. Like the guy did everything that you would have wanted them to get out of a guy that they would have gone and signed. So why not just bring him back? Yeah. And he was slowing down last year. What are you talking about? The team started to stink at the end of September. They gave up. The decision-making was awful. And they weren't, you know, they, they were 10 games out with 10 to go. It was like they're not making the playoffs. What do you think Johnny Cueto is going to go out there and throw gas the way he was in August and was, July? Like, are you kidding me? He was the best pitcher oh, on the no. team aside from Dylan Cease for all oh, of he would have been August, the number two August and July. There. Yeah. If they make playoffs, he's starting game two. No question. And no question. I'll well, fully think- admit, like he, I have biases towards him. Like I enjoy Johnny Cueto. I watched him a lot. As I mentioned before, I watched the Rockies a lot when they were still relevant. He played for the Giants at that same point in time. And I really fell in love with him and his pitching style and, and the way he dictates games. So sure, I've got a little bit of bias uh, to support him. But at the same time, objectively speaking hearing you two guys talk about this i really think they missed out on something not bringing him back really quick the only two teams in the league that got a grade lower than a c minus on the athletic for their offseason were your chicago white Sox and your colorado rockies yeah yeah baseball's here hey man they signed chris bryant last year that's got to hold us over for the next four seasons he has the longest gap active gap in the league from home runs by a player in like number of plate appearances without a home run at Coors Field. He is the longest gap. That's impressive. Like every other player, like every other player is like a guy who played in the division that hasn't hit a home run there in a while. He's the only one on the list that like plays for the Rocky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, You play at Coors Field, you'll run into one sooner or later. Like you have to. Even if you don't hit one over the fence, if you've got any kind of speed, like there's power alleys here, man. That's a career I don't understand. Chris? He was so good. Like, I honestly think in 2015 and 16 and 17, he was the second best player in the league. There was Mike Trout and then Chris Bryant. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, because there are people that say this about Bellinger, that when the Astros got busted for sign stealing, a couple players around the league started to uh, start sucking at hitting, and those two He's are of some them. of them. But you know, I don't know. some guys even, got in trouble, and even when he was really good, right? Even when he was hitting bombs and doubles and stealing bases and making great defensive plays, when did it ever matter? When did he ever make a game-changing hit or? Uh, put out or or assist or anything when did anything he did have an impact on the final score of a game can you think of any i got one (laughs) you got one you're talking a three-year span where you considered him the second best player in baseball and you got one it's a big one though he recorded the final out of the 2016 world series (laughs) he he was falling as he made the throw dude (laughs) <laughs> Me playing third base for a beer league softball team could have made that play. Come on. <laughs> hey, it was wet. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, well, maybe he's a quality. Maybe he's a comeback player of the year this year. Huh? We'll see. Um, I'm rooting for him. It's e- it's easier to hit home runs at cores. So I'm rooting for him. Let's go Rockies. Yeah, and, and I know, guys. We're gonna do. We're gonna announce the winners of the signed Jake Berger rookie cards. And the first winner who is very active in the chat and a loyal, loyal listener is our buddy, Travis Dunaway. Congratulations, Travis. You have won one Jake Berger signed rookie card. Uh, get You can get your information to uh, us on Twitter, me, to, to Zim, uh, the South Burbs account. We'll... Uh, We'll get that to you, buddy. So, congratulations. Congratulations, Travis. Hope you enjoy the CAD. Enjoy the CAD. And that leaves us with one more giveaway, guys. Um, I don't know. I'll let you guys pick it. Look in the chat room and let's let's pick a random name. Someone who's been, been active. That's not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Family members are disqualified. I'm looking through, and I think there is someone who has been very active in the chat that deserves it. Joe, I will see if you think so. Is this an... Oh, yes, I agree. There you go. Go ahead, announce it. You want me to announce it? I don't know this person's name. I know they have been in the chat for a very long time on multiple shows. I've seen them in other shows here on the Barroom Network. They are a loyal listener. Um, It's PZ. PZ is the winner of the second card here on the Jake Berger episode. Um, Congratulations. I hope you enjoy it. And you're welcome, Travis. I hope you enjoy the card. Um, But, yeah, PZ, send your info to Zim. You could send it to the South Burbs Hitman Twitter account too, at South Burb, no S Hitman. And yeah, claim your card. So congratulations, Travis and PZ. And a huge thank you to everyone that was in the chat room. I know there was a lot of a lot of great commentary in there, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. And just uh, although, yeah, okay. <laughs> Zim, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and Zim's going to have overnighted me a, a, a knapsack full of signed Jake Burger cards. So, uh, <laughs> at this point, Zim is going to own all of the signed Jake Burger cards in the world. Buy, so. buy me a Jack Hughes Devils card. Get into the hockey game. Let's go. Yeah. I'll see what I can come up with, man. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, thank you everyone for tuning in and, and checking out the chat. Travis and PZ, you are the winners. Uh, again, huge shout out to Jake and Ashlyn for giving us so much time and a great interview. Uh, just absolutely awesome stuff. Um, I know I derailed the conversation a little bit, but I wanted to get the giveaway out of the way before I completely forgot about it. Um, yeah, for sure. PZ and Travis, if you take a picture of the of yourself with the Jake Burger card, you know maybe it's in an exotic location or something. Um, <laughs> You know, tweet it, and we will retweet it from all of our accounts and get you lots of Twitter love. That's right. Take a picture of yourself with it. Tag us on Twitter or any social media. Find a way to get it to us, and uh, we'll get you on the social media and, and and retweet it. So we're excited. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We're not done yet. we got a couple more things to touch on. 
Uh, before we get to the guaranteed take, guys, I, I did want to address there is a second baseman out there that we've been talking about for a long time. He was a valuable asset to the team last year. Are the White Sox going to bring back Elvis Andrews? Uh, Zim, you want to tackle that one first? No. <laughs> I don't want to tackle this one first because it's just going to make me angry because they're not going to do it even though they should. The guy was great for him last year. Um, they, you know, they did pick him up because he was DFA'd. Uh, you can't forget that. He was let go by his original team, and um, they just happened to be the lucky recipients of the Elvis Andrews sweepstakes, so to speak. Um, but he came in with a vengeance. You know, he, he really did. came in and and wanted to prove that he still had something left in the tank. And whether that was just an audition to try to get another job or, or whether that really is the kind of player he can be. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. But damn, it would be nice to have somebody who showed a little fire last year. And he was definitely one of them. Um it kind of feels like they rewarded a lot of these players that uh, gave a shit, for lack of a better way to put it. You know, a lot of the guys who fought, a lot of the guys who actually clawed all the way to the end of the year, feels like they repaid them by uh, letting them go. <laughs> and that's kind <laughs> that of is... not a great way to uh, to do business. So, there's any about you. Yeah, there's a couple things in mind. So he was released last year by the A's because they kind of did him a solid by releasing him. The trade deadline had already passed. He wasn't traded. They did him a solid by cutting him so he can sign with a contender. So he signed with the White Sox. What a doofus. Um, defensive positions by career. Pinch hitting. 21 games played. 20 at-bats, 21 games played. Design or Appearing in 21 games. As a designated hitter, appearing in 25 games. As a shortstop, appearing in 1,898 games. Wow. As a second baseman, appearing in zero games. He has never appeared in a game at second base. Now, with that said, I don't care. <laughs> like, that's Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> like, when he says, I'm, I'm here to tell you, we don't care. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I don't care. I trust Elvis Andrews playing second base more than I trust Lenin Sosa, more than I trust Romy Gonzalez, more than I trust Liuri Garcia. If he is a mess defensively, which I don't really foresee him being a mess. Lots of guys switch from shortstop to second base. The team on the north side is switching their all-stars level shortstop to second base this year because they went out and actually spent money like a big market franchise and brought in a high-level shortstop too. The White Sox can transition a guy who's played 1,800 games at shortstop to second base for a season. And, you know, maybe instead of being a three-war player, he'll be a two-and-a-half war player, which is still better than what Josh Harrison was for the White Sox last year. So I'm all for it. I hope they do it. I don't think they're going to. Um, my guy has told me that the White Sox fully plan on going into this season with Romy Gonzalez and Lenin Sosa as the two options. I know some things have changed because of the optics behind the uh, Mike Clevenger deal, but – yeah. You know, we'll see what happens before spring training. As Jake pointed out, we're not all that far away from spring training pitchers and catchers report. Um, the day after the Super Bowl, 
or the two days after the Super Bowl. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the following Monday, the rest of the team shows up. So hey, we're we got Jake. running we got, out of time. We got Jake the week before he goes to spring training. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, definitely cool. It's very cool. And uh, you know what else is cool? It's a terrible segue. <laughs> you guys can finish my sentence. It's horrible. You you can think of something better. I was going to try to transition to our well, next I, segment. I, I was going to say a joke that would have been funny in like 2005. But Let's go for it. It's got to be better. No, than what I uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> oh, you, you, you want to say something that was good back in 2005? Because that's the last time the socks were good. Yeah, I guess that's fitting. <laughs> that's fitting for this show to say things that were only funny or good last time in 2005. Well, you hey, know, Chicago's fun. Chicago's one of three cities in the United States that has three sports teams win a championship in the last 20 years. But we are two years away from coming off that list because of the White Sox in 2005. Wow. It's fine. The Bears will win one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's certainly not a hot take that the 2005 team was good. But let's dive into this week's guaranteed take. And that's a better transition than the other one. That was good. That was good. Yay! It's guaranteed take time, boys. It's a hot topic discussion. Vinny actually wrote an amazing article about this on Southside Showdown. You should go check it out. Uh... There's some killer players in the American League Central. And now which players specifically can derail the 2023 White Sox playoff chances? Uh, Vinny, will let you speak to it since you wrote the article, and then you could direct people on where they can go to, to read it. Yeah, you could go read it on southsideshowdown.com. Um, it took me a while to write it. Um, I put a little bit of thought into it. I picked five players in the AL Central that I think are going to – do their very, very best. And, you know, I'm sure there were a couple that I omitted that are, you know, going to come up on people's mind. Um, I'll let you guys touch on a couple of them too, because I don't want to steal all the thunder, but the guy I put number one, numero uno on this list is Cleveland Guardians third baseman, Jose Ramirez. Not only do I believe he's the best player in the American League Central Division, I think he's a top 10 player in Major League Baseball. Um, He plays outstanding defensive third base. He's kind of mean, like he brings a winning attitude to his team, and he's an outstanding hitter. And like all good players in the league, he raises his game to another level in important games, and games between the White Sox and the Guardians have been important games for the last three to four years now. And even though the White Sox were stinky last year, they were still 81 and 81 and in the playoff race till the very end. And the Guardians were the team that ended up taking the division. So those games between those teams were important last year. He raises his game to another level in important games. And Jose Ramirez is going to come out swinging again this year. Yeah, Jose Ramirez is a uh, just a, just a human highlight reel. No, no pun intended, but. Uh... I mean, this guy is a Sox killer through and through, and it pains me to say it, but he's been a thorn in our side, and he will continue to be a thorn in our side for a very long time. I mean, the guy, look, I mean, just look at that. He just, just gets it done time after time. I feel like we complained about him a lot last year, right, Zim? I mean, this is a guy that uh, 
he's made a sweat and he made Tony, he probably alone was part of the reason Tony retired. Uh, but that's all I got to say, man. I'm talking myself into a hole. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, trust me. I know all about it. Uh, <laughs> look, as far as Jose Ramirez goes, I don't think it's, uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to discredit your opinion here, Vinny, but I feel like that's not exactly a hot take. He's no. um, he's, he, he's been as consistent as it comes, not just against the White Sox, but really against the whole league. The guy's one of the better third basemen in baseball right now, um, much the way that Chris Bryant was three years ago, four years ago. Hey, how's that for coming full circle, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, if you have to ask me, um, specifically against the Sox, and, and I mentioned this before the show went live, but Josh Naylor, man, that guy uh, felt like he wasn't good against anybody except for the White Sox last year. <laughs> I mean, it was unreal. He had he had seven RBIs all in extra innings just to beat the White Sox in one game last year, and that's just the most impressive one, but I felt like the guy was constantly making plays in key situations against the Sox, whether it was at the plate or in the field. Um, and it wasn't even necessarily, uh, if I recall correctly, I don't even think it was all at first play, first base. I think he played a couple of games uh, around the rest of the infield where he made some plays against the, the Sox as well. And as Vinny likes to remind me every time we talk about Josh Naylor, uh, he has a little brother who's also coming up in the, in the guardian system. Um, so, so there's my guaranteed take is uh, Josh Naylor's little brother is going to be just as deadly against the White Sox as he is. <laughs> I'll laugh. I mean, it would be the most socks thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Josh Naylor's got a little brother that's gonna also nailer the White Sox. Yeah. Like, kidding me? It's just you know, and I hate it because I actually kind of you know, and and knock on wood or or, or you know, cross my fingers, toss a pinch, toss a pinch of salt, spin around in circles three times. Kind of like Josh Naylor. I, I like gritty players like him. He's he's a down and dirty baseball player. He reminds me of like um the the most um popular guys I can think of who fall into that category that I think of as like the down and dirty baseball player is like Vlad Guerrero or Hunter Pence. Um yeah. and I mean, really, there's one thing and one thing only that puts a guy in that category for me, and it's not wearing batting gloves. I think it's just the most badass thing that a professional baseball player can do is not wear batting gloves and Josh Naylor doesn't wear batting gloves. So I just expect big things from him. Do you respect me more knowing I didn't wear them? Do you respect me more knowing I didn't wear them? Yes. <laughs> I played baseball for 15 years yeah. in like organized baseball <laughs> and I did not wear a batting glove for a single plate appearance. Not you know, when I started wearing batting gloves, um, I started wearing batting gloves after I stopped playing baseball because I don't have the calluses <laughs> on my hands anymore. <laughs> That's funny. It, it hurts, man. It hurts when uh, when you don't have those calluses anymore and you start trying to swing that that big piece of lumber around. Oof, it cuts into you. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. And if we're talking about other guys that are going to be a thorn in the White Sox side this year, this is a guy that signed with the Twins after many failed attempts. Carlos Correa. <laughs> Uh, yeah. is a guy that, you know, unfortunately is back in our division. Um, not that it matters all that much because he's not on a great team, but nonetheless, he will still be a thorn in the White Sox side. Vindy, what are your thoughts on Correa this year? 
Well, Correa, very interesting story, right? He is a free agent. He opts out of his contract with the Minnesota Twins. And then while I'm on my way, I'm on a 13-hour drive home from New Jersey. And I find out that he signed with the San Francisco Giants. I'm like, I can't write about it because I'm in the freaking car. And he, two couple weeks go by. Was it like two weeks? And the Giants, he failed the physical. They're working things out. Well, he signs with the New York Mets overnight. It was like three in the morning. And then the Mets, like he failed the physical with them too. It's like, whoa, what's going on with this guy? And then the Mets thing lingered even longer than the Giants. And then finally one day, the Twins signed him. And when Rosenthal and Heyman and all those guys, Robert Murray, our friend, reported it, the Twins announced it like within an hour. So you knew it was legit. The Mets and Giants never announced anything. It was all the insider guys. And it just didn't get done. And so he's going back to the Minnesota Twins. He doesn't have anything wrong with him, like, actively. It's more of, like, fear of future injury because of a procedure that he had done or something like that. Um, it did come out today that he has opted out of playing in the World Baseball Classic. It was a joint thing. I believe he's a new father. And also the Minnesota Twins with the whole injury thing, they came to, like, a commutative decision. Is that the right word? I'm stupid. Uh, the right decision to, you know, not have him go to the world baseball classic. So he's not going, so he'll be ready for the twins. His focus is the twins, which is bad for us. But, um, Luis arise would have been the highest twin for me if they didn't trade him to the Miami Marlins. He was a white Sox killer too, but, um, I'm not positive. The twins won that trade, but I am in the short term or lost that trade. Uh, You know, let me rephrase that. I'm not positive in the long term that the Miami Marlins won that trade just because they got Luis Arise, but I am positive that in 2023 specifically, I will be happy for the White Sox to not be playing against Luis Arise in the season. So, you know, and Byron Buxton, same thing. Another twin I'll throw in the conversation as well. Just, you know, MVP caliber good but he's always injured. You remember the bomb, the walk-off bomb he hit off Liam Mm -hmm. Hendricks early last season. And, you know, that kind of started the whole White Sox poo hole that they went down last year. Poo hole. And (laughs) (laughs) there was just a nod to Albert retiring. Um, I just – I was a little surprised with, you know, how many games he played last year. It wasn't like, you know, what you want to see from Buxton, but he's going to sign for 100 mil. Right. Like he probably would have made 300 schmill if he stayed healthy his whole career. But, yeah. you know, these are some of the, the White Sox killers. I'll ask you guys this. I included Bobby Witt Jr. and Javier Baez on this list yeah. for Southside Showdown. Baez yeah. stinks, but he's very good against the White Sox. He loves coming back to guaranteed Rayfield and hitting it to Pluto. I was at two games last year where Baez hit a bomb for the Tigers and he's did it. He's done it with the Cubs. I remember he put one on Waveland off. of I think it was Dylan Cease. Uh, back when I think it was the 2020 short season, Baez put one on Pluto, freaking yeah. at Wrigley Field. I did do, do think it ended up on Waveland, and you know, magnificent hitter when the ball touches the bat. I think you know he swings and misses. He swings at more junk than any player I've ever seen in my life. But when that ball hits his barrel, it it flies, man. So I included and Bobby Witt Jr., second year player for the Royals, former you know top prospect in the league. So curious to see what you guys think about that. You uh. You got any pitchers, Vinny? Any pitchers that you think just I own didn't, the socks? Yeah, I didn't include any pitchers on the list just because it was the list was designed for like 
players that I think will derail the White Sox chances at the playoff this year. I think everyday players have more of a chance to derail a playoff chance. But as far as pitchers that absolutely destroy the White Sox, Shane Bieber has been very hard to face over the last couple mm-hmm. seasons for the White Sox. There have been a couple games where if the White Sox can get to him within the first two innings, they find a way to win the game. But if you get to the third inning against Bieber and he's got zero runs against him, I mean, you're toast. And, you know, another one that comes to mind, he struggled against the White Sox early, but he was really good like in the second half of last year against the White Sox. That skinny, skinny boy, Tristan McKenzie. Yeah. Um, when he made a start against him, yeah, he made a start against Lance Lynn and it was the biggest weight differential between two starting pitchers <laughs> in the history of major league baseball. Like that's not even me being funny. That is a statistical fact. Seriously. Yeah. CeCe never the, did that with anybody. I mean, CeCe I mean, was a CeCe, big boy. CeCe was a big boy, but did he ever face a guy as thin as Tristan? I mean, that's one of the pitch, skinniest pitchers I've ever seen. I mean, he makes Chris sale look fat. He's listed <laughs> at one sixty five, man. I mean, there's no way i'm on his page right now because i was curious about it is that not light for a guy who's like six six though he ain't that tall is he he's He's, pretty tall he's six five yeah 165 165 for a guy who's six fives him wow i mean we're not talking about a short stumpy 165 guy (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) how's this though christian tristan mckenzie the Guardians were four and zero oh in games he started against the White Sox last year. Yeah, he's How's a Sox that, killer, man. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because every time they went up against him too, I'd always think like, "Ah, oh, McKenzie, he ain't that good. He's like Wait a five hundred pitcher." Yeah. Didn't McKenzie start that game that I said the Sox were going to win, and then Naylor hit the walk off? I'm pretty yeah, sure McKenzie yeah. started that game. And that's that probably game? yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking of too when I think of the White Sox having success against him early, but they didn't give him an L that game because it was a no decision. So, you know, yeah, that's wild, Tristan McKenzie. But I, I like all those picks you have. the The Royals are an interesting team now that they trade traded Merrifield. Yes. Oh, Granky's had success against the Sox. He had a losing record last year, but his team stunk, you know. Oh, and Salvador Perez be... was close to making my list, but I'm not sure I'm not sure what to make of Salvi in this upcoming season. Poor defensively lately. I don't know if Salvi finishes the year on the Royals, let's be honest. That that's very fair. That, I tell you. I would love to see that in a division trade. Oh, that'll never sure. happen. They'll never, <laughs> they'll never do that. Grandal and Salvador Perez could be the biggest defensive nightmare that has a chance to be pretty good no, offensively. No, no, you trade Grandal for Perez, and yeah, then you okay. probably give them some international money and a handful of draft picks and Colson Montgomery just to get him to take <laughs> Grandal <laughs> off your hands. You really want Rick Hahn to get fired? <laughs> I mean, you probably Dude, do anyway. I do. Too, I mean, but... okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously. He's not exactly helping this case right now either. Yeah, no, that's funny. No, but that this is this was a great, a great guaranteed take, Vinny. I, I love it. And for those of you that want to go read the article with some more details and statistics, head over to southsideshowdown.com. Vinny's got a lot of good stuff on there. Go check it out. Um, we had one hell of a show today. We're, we're at the hour 40 mark and we're about, about at the wrap up point. But before we do, we'll, before we get the shout outs and before we, you know, talk baseball for the season, we'll probably take a few more weeks off. We'll be back a little bit closer to 
you know, the start of the regular season, probably March at some point. We'll get the premiere date out there sometime soon. But um, before we come back, guys, and Vinny, we'll, we'll nerd out for a minute because there's non-baseball stuff that's going to happen. We got the Mandalorian coming back. We talked to Jake about that. You know, I can't be the only one that's waiting on bated breath. I mean, I have the last of us to get me there, but I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mando's unbelievable. Um, season two was outstanding, and the way it ended, uh, I won't spoil anything, but the way it ended was just absolutely awesome. And it feels like it was just yesterday, but it was it was Almost a long two time years. the end of season two. But the story continued in the book of Boba Fett, and it was awesome. So I will say this. Um, because of the book of Boba Fett, especially the way that show went, I'm very excited for, um, as Travis would put it, the Joe Mandalorian. Yeah, the Joe. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's maybe that's why I like the show so much. I like it, Travis. I might have to get that sewn onto a hat. Um, but Zim, I know from the other side of the fence, uh, you're the gamer like myself. Have you have you dabbled in, in The Last of Us yet? The show. You know, I haven't. Uh, that shows a bit of a hot topic in my household. Uh, so I've just uh, stayed away from it uh, to, to avoid uh, any spiciness. Um, <laughs> may, may, may I ask why it's a hot topic, Sim? Uh, because I have children and not a lot of time to watch things without children around. Got so, <laughs> you know, um, just, just trying to make responsible decisions uh, and... I, I haven't actually even played the games either. So maybe once uh, it's through airing and I can watch it at my own leisure, you know, because I know myself, I'm going to want to watch it uh, as soon as it comes out and not wait until uh, I have time alone to do so, which is part of why I haven't. Um, but maybe in the meantime, you know, I can I can take up the game. I can play it and then I'll have more context when I do watch it. And I can binge it all in one go. There you go. One I've heard I that can... it's very good, and uh, I is. know for a fact that will make me want to binge it as well. So, yeah, one thing I can one, one thing I can recommend is definitely not to watch it with the kids. So you're making the right call there. Um, anyway, but all good stuff, high quality stuff going on. His SNL episode that he hosted yesterday, Pedro Pascal, was pretty funny. So, is heard. that where that um, the Mario Kart the Mario Kart trailer came from? Yes, that was. That was beautiful. That's one of the funniest. If you bits haven't I've seen, seen it yet, Vinny, you have to go look it up. Uh, SNL Mario Kart, Pedro Pascal. It's just chef's kiss, hilarious. Well, I love um, him, so I'm certainly going to have to check that out. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful uh, parody, both on The Last of Us and and it poked just enough fun. I feel like at this new Mario movie that's coming out, and uh, and some of the things that they did there, as well as poking fun at HBO as a whole, as SNL does constantly yeah it's it's good stuff highly recommend so that was our our pop culture blur before we get out of here but uh before we do our shout outs got to give a huge shout out to our amazing guests jake and ashlyn Berger, giving us almost an hour of their time talking baseball talking family their new parents they have brooks who by the way is really adorable and we can never have too many adorable babies i mean just look at that guy He's, he's living the dream. <laughs> and then they're one big happy family. Uh, I know Jake's been taking some batting practice sessions with uh, 
with Brooks in attendance as of late. So maybe, maybe Brooks is the good luck charm that the White Sox need this year. So exciting stuff. We're super happy for them. And a huge thank you to them for all the time. It was just absolutely incredible. But guys, let's do the shout out portion of our show before we roll the final credits. Uh, Zim, we can start with you today, bud. What do you got for shout outs? Yeah, I mean, obviously a shout out to Jake and Ashlyn Berger for joining us as well as Baby Brooks for, uh, I think I heard him in the background a couple times there. So I, th- so I think he counts as with us. Uh, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, just a big shout out to everybody who is here tonight. You know, PZ and Travis are two winners, um, keeping things lively in the chat room. Uh, everybody's families who I know was we're all watching uh, here tonight. You know, Vinny, your folks, and Joe, uh, I don't know if your folks are watching. I know they do a lot, uh, and as well as your wife. It's very much appreciated. I know my fiance was in the background watching as well, so even though she's in the room listening to us. it uh, <laughs> It's still nice to have the support. So, you know, a shout-out to everybody who's here with us uh, each and every week and all season long. And uh, shout-out to Malort and you guys for an excellent first show. Oh, I love it. Oh, look at that. Like a true Chicagoan drinking the the piss water. Does it taste I think there than... are ten there are ten alcohols that taste worse than Malort. I'll die on that hill. Really? Ten? Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Malort's not as bad as people make it out to seem. No, honestly. Not. Malort is terrible if you don't know what to expect. As soon as you yeah. know what to expect, it immediately stops being as bad. That's like fair. I, That's a very fair way to look at it. Wow. Like if I told someone in advance that like if you drink Malort, it tasted like if you put a bunch of flower petals and onions and water and shook it up and just let it distill, then you would kind of have expectations. The thing is, most people that I've uh, spoken with who have tried it, it's it's the wormwood overtone that they cannot shake uh for the first few couple first few times they have it and as soon as they get through the wormwood that's when you notice the flowers the onion the sweetness yeah i don't i couldn't even tell you what's actually in it but sim you know who you need to follow on twitter uh jepson's what <laughs> with them too but if you've never watched a Whiskey Wednesday from Carmen DeFalco, on Twitter, oh, of course, it is the funniest thing. He's like, this one's got a little bit of flower note, and I'm actually tasting a little bit of vanilla on the back palate there. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't taste any of these things. You are making shit up. That is not what it tastes like. And you just need to be an advanced wine or uh, whiskey drinker in order to appreciate these things. But I'm literally like, you are making, you're talking about the cherries on the front palate, but the freaking you got the Capricorn or whatever the H on the back of it. I'm like, what are you talking about? So. I don't know, man. I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I no, have, no, I know I'm wrong. I have really zeroed in on my, uh, you know, I guess Malort and whiskey. T- I was I was trying to find an overarching, you know, liqueur, but I'm like, if you handed me a brandy, I wouldn't know the difference between a $5 brandy and a $500 brandy. Whiskeys, though, you know, everybody has their taste. It's it's amazing. Right. It's ama- an amazing thing, the human palate. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm agreeing on is that you're right. I, it's just mind-boggling to me. Oh, I, I know I'm right, but you don't have to tell me. Thanks, though. <laughs> you're always right. I tell you that every show. Oh, uh, don't I'm, tell them that. I'm stupid. 
<laughs> well, well, does the inflated head have any other shout outs he wants to make before? <laughs> That's awesome. That's horrifying. No, guys, uh, honestly, it was an awesome first show. Thank you so much for everyone who is here. And um, cheers to Travis, who just gets drunk and doesn't care what flavors are there. Like, there like a true American. I mean, that's America. Gotta love it. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate you, Zim. Uh, Vinny, what do you got for shout outs, buddy? My girlfriend, Katie, as always, my number one shout out. Um, Mom, Dad, Joe, thank you guys for everything. Uh, doing this show every Monday night is a blast. So I appreciate you too for including me on the show, as always. We made it through. Um, I love being the best version of ourselves, so that's always really nice. Um, yeah. Thank you to Aldo, Barroom Network. We have some great things on this network. If you've been following along all winter, we've had Bar Down Talking Hockey and Crosstown Crosstalk. We've had some pretty cool guests. You know, we interviewed John Scott and, you know, uh, Tab Bamford, all sorts of great guests from the hockey community. And we got another big guest coming on Thursday. Jake brought up Sean Burke. We're going to interview Sean Burke at 3 p.m. Central Time on Crosstown Crosstalk next Thursday. So, you know, we got some big things planned for hockey. This um, Thursday Black... or next Thursday? This Thursday. Okay. Which, yeah, this, this upcoming Thursday. And yeah. so that'll be a blast. Plenty of things planned for hockey with bar down um, Frankie Mueller's favorite team, the Chicago Blackhawks may have the number one overall pick, which would give us great content. My favorite team, the New Jersey devils just won in overtime like three minutes ago. Um, so they're hopefully looking to clinch a playoff spot. And we got a, we got a lot coming on with the show based on those two things. So very excited about it. Barroom network is doing very well. And the bears have the number one overall pick. So make sure you're following all the great shows here on the Barroom Network. Absolutely. Appreciate Vinny. And as the banner says, make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network. Check the bell to get reminders when the network has a live show. Uh, highly recommend doing that. Not only us, tons of other great content, as Vinny mentioned, on the Barroom Network. Uh, getting to my shout-outs, of course, I want to give a shout-out to my beautiful wife, Catherine, and my beautiful daughter, Audrey, who just turned one. It's unbelievable how time flies. Life is absolutely crazy. And, of course, my great Dane Maverick, he's a, nut, he's a nutcase. He's waiting for me outside. I got to go take him out in a few minutes. Um, and, of course, huge shout-out to everyone in the chat room that enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, our winners, PZ and uh, Travis, do not forget, guys, to send us your, your information for shipping to South Burbs account on Twitter and to, to Zim on, on Raging, at Raging Sox Fan. We'll get you all sorted out. And we'll get you your victory cards. And, and Zim has a, a palette full of them coming to his house tomorrow. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I also want to give a shout out to Aldo Gandia, the barroom, the pod, the pod father, the master behind it all. I appreciate you, Aldo, for giving us this platform. And also, specifically, the last couple of weeks, uh, helping us. Uh, the new countdown at the beginning of the show and the new credits, which everyone's about to see. They're pretty awesome. I really appreciate it, Aldo, as always. And, of course, uh, all my family and friends, I, I couldn't do this without you. And last but not least, my lovely co-hosts, my White Sox brothers-in-arms, Vinny Parisi, Steven Zim Zimmerman. Appreciate you guys. Love doing this show with you. Uh, it was an awesome, awesome first show. And I cannot thank Jake and Ashenberger enough for the great content. And we're just so happy for them. 
Uh, looking forward to watching them this season. Uh, gentlemen, I know we are at that time of the show. We're about to go. Any last-minute things, thoughts? Uh, Super Bowl pick before we get out of here. Let's do that. Zim? Zim. Beyonce. Nice. Uh, you're wrong year. <laughs> Who, who's doing the halftime show? I don't even know. It's, it's Rihanna. It's not Ariana. Rihanna? Oh, Rihanna. Rihanna. Oh, forgive me. I'm honestly, I'm so out of touch with modern pop. I, I don't think I've turned on the radio in five years. <laughs> honestly, I do not care about the Super Bowl at all. It, it is the epitome of who freaking cares to me. Um, so I'll let you guys talk about it. Uh, I had a blast. Wow. Sorry about that. Uh, um, I thought someone I, was playing Rihanna. No, it was a commercial playing on my phone for some reason. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, championship weekend was awesome for me, but the moment the Bengals lost, I stopped caring. <laughs> yeah. Fair the enough. officiating was kind of crap there, but uh, I'll yep. make my pick. Uh, I'm going with Philly. I think they have the better defense. Uh, better defense historically always wins the Super Bowl against the powerhouse offense. Key in point, the Broncos against the Seahawks many moons ago when the Seahawks absolutely trounced them. So I'm taking Philly by by a touchdown. Uh, I think they'll probably win by 10, but I'm going to say Philly by a touchdown. Better defense always prevails. Vinny Parisi, Super Bowl pick. Vinny Parisi Super Bowl pick is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. The Chiefs this year, 16 and 3 overall, 546 points, six all pros, including a Kelsey brother in their QB, AFC's number one seed. The Eagles this year, 16 and 3 overall record, 546 points scored, six all pros, including Kelsey brother and a QB, NFC's number one seed. These teams are literally equally matched in every way, except the quarterback position gives a distinct advantage to the Kansas city chiefs, but I'm still going to pick the Eagles. I'm rooting it. for the chiefs. I'm rooting for the chiefs. I will be wearing a chiefs hat to my super bowl party. Fan sided started as a chiefs blog. I know where my bread is buttered, but I think the Eagles are going to win. I'm with you Vinny. And, and I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I do not think they're evenly matched in terms of defense. The Eagles defense Fair. For, Fair. for me is far yeah. superior. Um, and and the one thing that worries me about the Chiefs is they have a ton of rookies on defense. I think that's the difference in this game. That's very fair. Uh, quick over under players punching Chauncey Gardner Johnson. One and a half, <laughs> or, yeah. or half. I'll set it. At, I'll set it at a half. I'm just saying. I don't think it's happened yet this year, and the dude is a known trash talker. Yeah, uh, emotions will be high in the Super Bowl. I'm going to take the under though because no one wants to cost them their team the Super Bowl. Right? Nobody wants to get ejected from the Super Bowl. It's the same that's, reason that there's no fights in playoff hockey. You know, that's fair. Uh, I've won the coin toss on DraftKings three years in a row by picking heads, and I don't know what to do this year because there's no way it's tails again, right? Hang on, or there's no way it's heads again, right? Flip a coin. Oh, she didn't talk to me. It's tails. I'm betting tails. Hey, well, man, go. that is how I decide so many things in my life. You ask Siri to flip a coin. Sorry. You ask uh, an AI robot to flip a coin and see what happens. 
we asked Siri last night to flip a coin to decide whether or not we were watching one more episode of Better Call Saul or go to bed. That is a God's honest actual event. What happened? Uh, we watched one more episode of Better Call wow. Saul. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I have flipped three coins in the last uh, couple of weeks when it comes to purchasing sports cards. And it there has worked go. out well all three times. <laughs> well, that's awesome. It looks like we got a shout out from the chat as well. Travis says, shout out to y'all. Thanks for the great show as always. Thanks for the card. Look forward to the season. We appreciate you, Travis. And what better note to end the show on? Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you to the burgers. Thank you guys, everyone else. I could thank you guys all night long, but it's time to get out of here. So check out these new awesome credits by our buddy Aldo Gandia. And uh, we will see you guys here in about four to five weeks, something like that. We'll get you the date. Check out our social media. And until next time, go White Sox, baby. Go.